This is the final um, of kind of four sessions which we've been thinking about how we can develop a, a contemporary rule of life. Um, and as kind of Mary said, it's about what sustains us and sustains our relationship with Jesus. And um, we've been looking at four uh, key areas that we need to balance if we're to live um, a fulfilling life with Christ at the center. Work, prayer, rest. Uh, and Mary, yes, you were spot on today, relationships. Uh, and relationship is at the heart um, of our faith. Um, kind of at the heart of Christianity, we're invited into a relationship with God the Father. Um, in fact, more than that, um, you know, God exists as a trinity. God exists in relationship. And we're invited into relationship, into the heart of the Godhead. We're invited into a relationship with God the Father, through Jesus, through his death on the cross. Uh, and we receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. That kind of this relationship goes as far that God would come and live within us. Um, dwell in us. Um, we're created um, in the image of God. We're created to be in relationship with God. Uh, and the gospel is all about the restoration um, of that broken relationship. Um, and so kind of we want to kind of unpack that a little bit this morning and it's kind of implications for how we live the Christian life um, and, and how we can be sustained in our faith. Um, so in our reading, we find Jesus appointing apostles uh, and these are the people that are going to carry on his ministry when he's gone. They are going to be foundational um, in establishing kind of the church and, and mission around the world. Um, they're going to be found, they're going to lay the foundations of the faith that we now share. Um, but first of all, they are called into relationship. Can I have the next slide? Thanks. Um, relationship with Jesus. Um, he called to him those he wanted and they came to him. Designating them apostles that they might be with him. Um, the heart of what they're being called into in the, is, yeah, is Jesus. Before they're going to do anything with him, all of the going out and preaching, um, they're being called into relationship with him. That they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. So kind of, it, yeah, it starts with them with relationship with Jesus. Um, but they're not just called into relationship with Jesus. They're also called into relationship with each other. Um, these are the 12 uh, that he appointed. Um, being in relationship with Jesus means that they have to be in relationship with each other too. Um, and none of us, um, it starts with them, but none of us are meant to live the Christian life um, in isolation. We're called into relationship with Jesus and we're called uh, into relationship with each other. We need each other. Um, I, I, this is the last time, I promise, I will ever put this up in church. It has got to be the most boring PowerPoint slide created by man. 
Um, but kind of you recall, and I'm boring you to death if you, if you do, and if you don't, you need to hear it though, that that whole idea of a rule of life comes from this imagery of a trellis. Something that um, kind of upholds life um, and supports life. And the whole idea of us having this kind of pattern in our lives is it's all about us kind of growing uh, in our faith. Um, and it's blindingly obvious, isn't it, that um, a trellis goes in two different directions. Um, and kind of our rule of life is meant to help us in that upward direction in our relationship with God. But actually, it only kind of does that and it only works if it's interconnected with those around us. The trellis goes up towards God, but it goes across joining us to each other. We need each other. We aren't meant to do this um, on our own. And so I just want to reflect on, 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 on kind of how relationship kind of sustains our faith and how our faith ought to speak into our relationships. Um, so when kind of Scazzario in his book talks about relationships uh, being fundamental to a rule of life, uh, he lists... Three things. Go to the next slide, thanks. Um, family, community, um, and our emotional health. Um, kind of, you know, our, what, what happens in our families uh, matters. Kind of, our, the implications of our faith is that we should be prioritizing our families. Um, but what happens in our family is going to either help us grow in our faith or it can knock us back. Uh, we're called to be in community. He talks about companions for the journey. Uh, and that's what we've been reading about in this passage, isn't it? About Jesus calling people together who would become companions for each other on that journey. Um, and kind of, um, and at, at the heart of all of this working, and it's all tied up together in a way, isn't it? You know, it's not kind of one thing or the other. Is our emotional health? Um, you know, those other th- things sustain it, but also how we are able to rela- build relationships with others is so dependent on our emotional health. So I just want to begin with that last one, with emotional health, this morning. Thanks. Um, Few things in life will impact for good or ill our emotional health, our lives in general, um, more than our relationships. Um, if relationships are good in our lives, generally speaking, we feel good about ourselves. If our relationships are damaged, um, the toll it takes on our well-being on, on us is enormous. Um, and actually, um, kind of our ability to build good relationships actually comes out of how well, how balanced, how whole we are as individuals. Um, if we know ourselves to be loved by God and by those around us, um, Kind of that has the that has the most that has the most massive impact on our lives. It'll be the ground of well-being in our lives. Um, last week, um, 
as Hannah's already mentioned, we were at the New Wine Leaders Conference. Uh, it was a bit of a strange one because it was, it was a bit about looking back. Um, I guess it was, it, it was based on kind of a desire to see God move in our generation. So kind of one of the questions was, was what can we learn from what God's done in the past? Kind of are there mistakes kind of we've made as a movement within New Wine or as church has made um, that we can learn from? Are there things that kind of where God did stuff that kind of that there are lessons that we should learn if we want to see God, God move again? And one of the speakers um, they invited was John Arnott, who was at the heart of got what became known as the Toronto Blessing. He was pastoring the airport Christian Fellowship in Toronto when that kind of move of God took place. And um, kind of one of the comments that he made when he was talking was that um, kind of in their heart was a desire when people came for, to, to Toronto was for them to discover the Father's love for them. Um, and he said, but, but the battle we faced was that when most people went to, to Toronto, what they were wanting to find was power. Um, they were wanting to see more of the supernatural in their life. And they were looking for some sort of secret to find that. Um, and I have to confess, uh, I, you know, I was one of those that went. Um, and if I, answer tr if I was to answer truthfully, I would say when I went there, I went there desiring to experience the power of God in my life. Um, and actually, I was completely undone by the love of God. Uh, and when I look back over the story of my life, I'm so grateful that God undid me um, in that way. Um, because I, it, it, I don't think I've been aware of how much um, everything I have been doing had been about trying to earn God's favour. Never feeling that what I did was ever good enough. Uh, and kind of the realisation that God loved me just for who I am. And, and actually the way God spoke to me, kind of through someone giving me a word, was it went beyond that. I mean, I, years ago, when I, I, I've given this testimony on and off before, but when I first gave it, I, I, I can remember one of the key things for me was... There's a, little, there's a bit of, of me that kind of knows that God loves me. You know, it's definitely in my head. Whether it's really in my heart is another matter. Partly it's just based on scripture, isn't it? You know, for God so loved the world. You know, we know, um, we kind of know that it's in God's job description to love us. Um, it doesn't necessarily make us feel like we deserve it. Um, and um, I, I can remember working with a girl once who said, um, I'm happiest with my husband when he's asleep. I look at him and I love him, but actually I don't really like him. That's a really, isn't that a sad comment? Really sad comment to be in a marriage like that. Uh, and to be honest, he wasn't a very likable man. I can get what she meant. But you see, the reality for me was that actually, yeah, I could probably in my head rationally believe that God loved me. But I really couldn't believe that God liked me. Uh, and the root of that was the fact that I didn't like myself very much. Uh, I, you know, I was more aware of, all, you know, I'm sure most of you are aware of many of my failings. But sometimes some of you are very kind enough to point them out to me, actually, which is great. I love it. <laughs> um, I do, seriously, I do. Um, 
I love that this is a safe place where people can do that. That's a precious thing. Um, I, but I was more... Oh, crikey, I'm on point one and we've got children outside. Uh, I don't know what... Oh, flip help. <laughs> I think just invite them back in. I can't go through two more points and I haven't even done point one. Pardon? Yeah, I don't think it's that group. I think it's the other group. Hi, guys. Come on in. I'm afraid I'm mid-talk. So do you want to go back to mums and dads and try and be incredibly patient with the vicar? Uh, he's just talking about his failings. And a key one is that he's actually gone on far too long already. <laughs> And because I didn't like myself, and because I was, you know, more aware than anyone of my failings, kind of, it just drives you to try and earn God's favour and to try and make God love you. And and so actually God's saying, not I love you, but I'm pleased with you, broke all of that. Um, And it's amazing, isn't it? You know, if we know we're loved... Uh, If you see it in a child, a child that knows they're loved has an inbuilt security and confidence. But if a child doesn't know that, then behavior changes. And it's just the same for us as adults. Um, Relationships have the power to liberate us or they have the power to imprison us. Uh, Few things will harm us more than hurt, loss, disappointment, Betrayal, people that we trust that have let us down. Um, We can become prisoners to the past. We can be held captive by unforgiveness or bereavement or rejection. Or we can be set free by unconditional love and acceptance. Um, And that's what God offers all of us. And that's what God wants us to model Offering each other. We who have received his love. We should be those that walk in it. And how do we walk in that? I think we need to listen to our feelings. Come on in guys. Wow we have got lots of crowns here. Can I just interrupt? Slow down. Slow down. Come back. Come here. This is totally unscripted as well. Do you want to tell everyone why you're wearing crowns? Do you know why you're wearing a crown? Well, well we don't actually know. We, we just made them. <laughs> oh, Lois. I am so sorry. I have just completely shot you in the foot like never before. Bit late. <laughs> in fairness, I wasn't leading their group. <laughs> That's we're, not fair. We're the rats because we got caught that in the rain. That is so not fair. Oh, the reason dear. they're wearing the crowns is because we've been doing Palm Sunday today. So when they, Jesus was going to Jerusalem, people wore, um, waved their palm leaves and they said Hosanna. And some people were thinking that Jesus was the king. So we wanted people to remind themselves that Jesus is our king. You better remember that. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Sorry. And that really isn't helping me get done any quicker either. <laughs> Okay, we need to learn to listen to kind of our own emotional help. 
sometimes kind of writing it down and journaling it can help. Making where we are emotionally the subject of our prayers. We need to understand ourselves. What gives us life? What gives you life? Where do you find life? Um, Is it inside yourself if you're an introvert or is it with others? Uh, Is it by doing particular things? Kind of where in your faith do you find life? What feeds your faith? Um, Kind of we think about the emotional thing. Um, I, I don't know about you. I hate winter. Just please give me some sunshine. Can I please move to the Mediterranean now? Um, Yeah, when the sun shines, I feel so much different to how I do when it's gloomy, wet and miserable. I can't change the weather, but I can understand how it affects me. And I can take steps in how I live my life to help that. Are we comfortable in our own skin? In a way, what I described to you about kind of what happened when I went to Toronto tells you that I was not at all comfortable in my own skin. I didn't like who I was. I struggled with that. And there can be all sorts of reasons why we're not comfortable within our own skin. Sometimes it can be mental health issues that we battle with. And you know, it feels like we are powerless to change them. And perhaps we need to get medical advice in that case. It can be about how we are wired. And understanding that and not being afraid to get help is important. This is a controversial one. But actually, it's really important that we understand our sexuality, how we are wired um, uh, in terms of that. Um, Because um, trying to be something that we are not will cripple us and destroy us like nothing else. Um, So our emotional health matters and we need to involve our faith and invite God into every aspect of it. Okay, that's one down, two to go. Um, let's belt through them. Um, family. Um, I'm not going to belt through them, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop there. Perhaps the band can come back. Um, go away and read Peter Casario's book and read about family. Read about community. Um, and um, I'm really sorry I'm not going to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it. Um, I'd like us to stand together. And um, I'd just like us to take a moment. We stand here as brothers and sisters. We stand here needing each other. And um, if we feel like we're on our own, that was never what Jesus wanted for us. And we stand here as brothers and sisters in God's presence. And I just want to take a moment to remember that. That he is here. 
and I want to invite you to look inside and just to ask some of those big questions about how you feel about that, how you feel about him, about how you think he might feel about you. And Ali, would you just put my last slide up? Do you know, not just in your head, but in your heart, that he loves you? not just that he loved the world but as that he loves you that those words he speaks over Jesus he would speak over you you're my beloved child my beloved Just hear the words of the Father. You are his beloved. And just receive those words and embrace those words. Embrace that identity.